Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Self-Care with Esther. So I felt like it was time to do another episode. I know so much is going on and every single day we're being challenged and so I thought if I could just help a little bit with that and make you feel a little bit less alone, then I would feel thrilled. You know, I talk to so many people all day long. It's part of my job. And I think a lot of people are under the impression that they are the only ones who are not thriving, are not doing as well, are having a hard time with this. And so I just wanted to start off by saying, if you have been feeling like that, um, take it from somebody who talks to many people in a day. You are not alone in this. A lot of people, most of us are really having a hard time. And I encourage you to sort of reframe the way you do things and think about things. Um, I think a lot of people look at this as like, I'm trying to work and there's a pandemic. I'm trying to homeschool and oh yeah, there's this pandemic as well. Rethink it. There is a pandemic and you're trying to work from home. There is a pandemic and you're trying to go to the grocery store. There's a pandemic and you're trying to homeschool. When you think about the like that, which is the reality of the situation, that is the primary thing that is happening. Everything else is is often secondary. When you start thinking of it like that, it can sort of take the weight off and allow yourself to have more realistic expectations. Everything we do right now takes so much longer, right? That's a reality. And so things where you're going, why am I so much more exhausted? That's another thing I hear constantly. Everyone is exhausted and no one seems to know why. And I'm telling you why. (laughs) There's a pandemic and you're trying to do all these other things. So the more you can sort of allow yourself to just be experiencing this and understanding that things are going to be a little bit harder, the easier time you're going to have with this. I think what's happening is on top of dealing with a pandemic, people are beating themselves up thinking that they should be handling this differently. You have no frame of reference for a pandemic and what it's like to live in one. No one does. And so for all of this, this is a very high learning curve and it's going to take a lot of adjusting to get to the point where we understand how to cope and survive and what makes us tick, what makes our partner tick, what makes our children tick. Everybody is going to be handling this very differently based on the way that they see the world based on so many things. So I just wanted to remind everyone that and also remind you that set realistic expectations because everything takes so much longer. If you are deciding, okay, I'm going out today, I'm going to do laundry. I'm in my case, I don't have laundry in my building. And so I have to go to a laundromat. That is a real, it's a thing I have to really gear up to do. I've had to go before and thinking like, oh, there's going to be lots of empty machines and only discovering there's no machines and I've got to wait, but there's a crowd and I'm anxious. So all of these things require a ton of mental energy and so it's exhausting. And so something that before might have been no big deal, you may come home and you need a straight up nap. You need to nap. That is okay and that is normal and you are not alone in your thinking. I just wanted to start off with that because I feel like I keep hearing people just beating themselves up. And so that leads me right back to self-talk. A couple of weeks ago, probably after I did my podcast um, episode, I had an issue with um, emotional eating. I found that I was really gravitating to junk food. And the only things that were open around me was a little farther to go to the grocery store, but the CVS was a little bit closer. And the CVS had all the sugar cereals that, that were comforting me as a child, right? And suddenly as an, as an adult, I was just craving these sugar cereals. But I was also having a hard time 
limiting how much I was eating. It was just like such a comfort. You know, the dopamine levels go up when I'm having this sugar rush. And what would happen is afterwards, the crash would happen. And so would the negative self-talk. And I would start to make myself, you know, say awful things to myself um, that were not helpful by any means. And finally, I had to put a stop to it. And I'm glad I did because it was not helping me in the process by any means. And I stopped what I was saying and started to pay attention to those thoughts a little better and noticed that it was really bringing me down when I talked to myself that way. Also, I would never think or talk about that, talk like that to anyone else. And so therefore it has no place in my brain, in my head, in my thoughts. And so I would correct it and correct it with positive thoughts. Um, And so if you're able to, if you notice that you're starting to go down a shame spiral, stop yourself in it, move on, forgive yourself, and you're going to do better the next time, right? But start by paying attention to it. This is the time when you need to be your biggest cheerleader, not your biggest critic. There's no time for the self-critiques that we typically do right now. Right now, it's about survival. It's about uh, doing the best we can and trying to remain as positive as possible for the sake of sanity in a lot of ways. So just a couple other things that I have found helpful. Celebrate your small successes, okay? So if you are somebody who has a, a lot of kids and you go a full hour with everyone cooperating, helping each other, not screaming, that's a small success. Celebrate it focus on that. If you have been very anxious about going to the grocery store or going outside at all, but you do it so that you can get your groceries and you maintain distance and you feel and you've done all you can come home, celebrate it, celebrate it in whatever way. If it even just means saying out loud, good for you. That was hard. You did it. Little successes like this are what we should be focusing on right now. Those are the things that gets through the next day. As much as you can establish a routine. For many people, this is helpful. I'm not going to say all. Again, it's different for everybody, but some people find a routine to be incredibly helpful. And I mentioned this in the last episode where if you're able to get up at a certain time, go to bed at a certain time, shower, put on clothes, do do things that make you feel like you are still living um, a life that you recognize, (laughs) that can be helpful. Okay. Um, I also, I always recommend all the meditation apps. Headspace right now, my understanding is it's free. It is free for everyone during this pandemic, and I highly encourage it. It is pretty simple. I usually will do just about 10 minutes, and it starts my day off right, Um, and it sort of rids your brain for a brief moment of all the anxiety and constant chatter. It sort of helps you get grounded and settled, at least in my opinion. Um... And then I also just want to mention trouble sleeping. I noticed that both the Boston Globe and the New York Times talked about people having a real hard time sleeping right now. Um, I have. And a couple weeks ago, I kept waking up in the middle of the night with nightmares. I was dreaming about the thing that I had just watched. Whatever I was watching, I would dream about. I also had the horrible habit of looking at the death toll of New York City right before bed. What? no, not helpful. And so inevitably I was just not sleeping well, or I'd have horrific dreams. Um, and so I had to cut it out. (laughs) I had to correct my behavior. And 
I've talked about this before, but your cell phone, the light of your cell phone often mimics the sun. So when you're trying to go to bed, the last thing you need to do is be looking at your phone if you have trouble sleeping, especially because it triggers in your brain that it's time to wake up instead of it's time to sleep. So if you're having a hard time sleeping, really limit screen time like one to two hours before bed so you can sleep a lot better. And I have to say, I have stopped that. I'm no longer looking at death tolls. And I have to say, it's considerably better for me. I also, you know, took a little break from exercise during my emotional eating period. And I saw a huge difference in my mood, a negative difference. And so I've implemented that again. Listen, resistance is part of it. We are always, there are going to be things that we are never going to feel like doing. And so part of it, especially on those bad days, when you're just in a bad mood, it is so hard to push against the resistance and do the thing that you probably should do for yourself. I also just want to remind you that bad moods are contagious. They get pretty addictive. Um, So they're both contagious and they're addictive. And where you sort of get used to feeling, um, feeling what it's like to feel in a funk. So if you can make the effort to push against your resistance, knowing that it is an effort, I just want to say that, you know, when I'm, when I am exercising, it's not because I'm like, I feel like exercising today. It's because I've pushed through, I put on the clothes anyway, and I just start. It doesn't mean that I wanted to, and it doesn't mean that I felt like it. Most of the time I don't feel like it. So I just say that because I think sometimes we have this understanding that some people just want to. And so because we don't feel like that and we don't act like them, therefore that exercise or movement or whatever is not for us. And that's actually not true. Um, and then the last thing I just really want to get into people's head, I feel like there is this understanding that if you aren't doing all the things, especially if you are somebody who is in the healthcare profession, and for whatever reason right now, you're not able to be on the front lines, I want to tell you that we need to reframe the way we think of being productive. Back in the day, being productive, being busy was seen, was often seen as value. You have value if you work hard, if you're exhausted from work, if you're constantly um, over, you know, overstretched, that was almost seen as like, well, they're, they're working hard. And this is very different for a lot of people. They're no longer productive in the way that they were before. And so a lot of people are sort of wondering about their value. So I'm here to tell you that you still have value. Your value is not based on what you do. Your value is based on who you are. You have worth regardless of whether or not you're pulling 40 hours right now, of whether or not you're able to be in the hospital helping people, okay? It does not, this has sort of reminded us that our value is not on being productive. Our value comes from our, how we, how we treat ourselves. Um, and so the last thing I just want to say is I think so many people with this, because they haven't been as productive as they're used to, they feel like they're not doing their part. You are doing your part. If you are staying home and you are protecting your kids and you are, you know, attempting to teach them how to learn new things, you're doing your part and you're doing a very important part. You are protecting our future, which are those children. Okay. If you're staying home because you no longer can get to work the way you before, you are protecting other people. You could be asymptomatic. You could be spreading this illness. And so I say this because it's all, it's now is the time to reframe the way we look at our worth, get rid of productive, get rid of 
um, well, I do, 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 and then I get results, and that's how I feel worthy. I want you to start to think of yourself as worthy regardless of what you're doing, okay? You have value. You have value whether you're at home or um, on the front lines. So thank you, everybody, for hanging in there. Know that you are not alone. Um, We will get through this. Okay. Bye-bye.